welcome back to another episode of the Life Leasons Podcast. Today we'll be looking at the experiences of one of my favorite former co-workers. Uh, every time we've talked, he's always had interesting stories to bring up, and I think he's had some really unique experiences that I've always wanted to learn more about. So let's get started with my friend, Julian Clayton Edwards. Uh, do you want to give a brief introduction before we get started? Uh, yeah. Uh, hello. I'm, uh, I'm Julian. I'm, I'm blushing right now. That was that was you guys. That was really kind of you to say. I I didn't realize you were going to yeah. lead in with that. Now I'm now I don't know what to say anymore. But thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, actually, I guess before we get started, uh, I was asking earlier. So, like, where does your last name come from, anyways? Because, um, like, it's Edwards Clayton. Like, it's yeah. Two last names is like... it's it's that's a good question indeed. Um. I suppose we should go back all the way to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, on my mother's side, uh, her name comes from uh, my grandfather, uh, whose last name is Edwards. <laughs> and uh, yeah. from my dad's side, it's just Clayton. Oh. Um, and it was just one of those moments where um, my mom didn't feel like uh, she wanted to um, kind of uh, relinquish her last name mm-hmm. just to adopt my father's. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they came to the agreement that you know um, she would end up taking uh, his last name while also keeping her own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was difficult for my dad because my dad's middle name is actually Edward, so he <laughs> didn't want to be Lawrence Edward Edwards Clayton. <laughs> yeah. So he kept his name the way it is. Yeah. And she settled for hyphenating on the end of hers. Oh. So the only difference in their names is the separation of hyphen and an additional s. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, and then the rest is history. After that, I was born and that's where my last name comes from wait dang that's so interesting <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of cool but yeah, yeah. no it's just because i i feel like it's pretty common for people to have like uh like two first names or something but mm-hmm. double last names is i feel like pretty two unique. first names oh well, i see okay yeah. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. you know uh like the john pauls the like, yes marianne the marianne's um, <laughs> i was just about to say the yeah <laughs> yeah and then nice yeah actually while we're on your name too like your middle name is paris so are you f- i actually don't know are you french I well, okay, as as much as any Caucasian person is French, let's be yeah. honest, <laughs> okay. um, right? Um, but the the middle name comes from the fact that Paris is my uh, mom and dad's favorite city that they've ever been. Oh, okay. Uh, they, ooh, I don't want to do it wrong here. I believe they lived in Paris for a short while. They definitely <laughs> lived in London, um, but maybe they were just visiting in Paris. Oh, okay. But they decided that that was going to be my last name, and then they ended up passing on my grandfather's last name to my brother. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah. Wait, sorry. So then what ethnicity are you? Oh, sorry. Well, wait. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess the best way to say it is I'm... They see now. I got. I'm looking at a pie chart. Okay. Right never. now, um, I would. I would say that I'm. I'm Welsh Canadian, but like more. More or less like a, an amalgamation of pretty much the United Kingdom mm-hmm. um, and a handful of selected areas throughout oh, yeah. Europe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually learned recently that I'm I'm also Russian by descent, oh. but I I did not know that up until now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like no one really knows what we are except it's for like true. maybe the one or two generations above mm. you. Like, <laughs> we're all a little bit heritage. Um, basically all Chinese. All Chinese. Um, yeah, but uh, like in terms of the last couple generations, like my mm. mom was born in Hong Kong and then she moved here. Oh, cool. And then my dad and his grandparents, I think, moved to South Africa from China. Oh, that's yeah. a big leap. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's very distinct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because I mean, I, I kind of have, so not the same as you, but like my last mm. name's Leeson. Um, and 
technically what happened is like uh there was a um in ch- like uh in chinese you know how they have the last name first mm-hmm. and in chinese you have like three names kind of uh but basically i think i was supposed to be like something lee and then sun and then uh when they immigrated okay. they just put lee and sun together they're like that's your last name <laughs> and we're oh, like okay <laughs> that is wow i've yeah. i've I think you're the first person where I've ever either heard of that happening to, or no one else has ever shared that story oh. <laughs> with me before. But that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. I I've never heard of that situation. Yeah, yeah. That's why yeah, I, I I get a lot. People are like, uh, I've actually had people who were just surprised I was Asian. Like <laughs> they were like, oh, oh Lisa, <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're Asian. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yep. <laughs> what is what is with people that do that though? Where they have this kind of this um, preconceived notion. That just yeah. because of someone's name, they're going to look a certain <laughs> way, right? And yeah. I feel like, like we're already this deep into the 21st century. Yeah. By this point, it shouldn't come as any surprise what you look yeah. like compared to what your name is, right? So. Yeah. I mean, actually, one time it was really funny. I was like, um, basically, we I had a, like a group project, and we met up with our prof. And for the longest time, like our prof was talking to this like one teammate of mine. Yeah. And then he turns to me, and he's like, oh, what do you think, um, Cam? And I was like, I'm I'm not Cam. And Cam? then <laughs> and then what we realized oh, is don't tell me. Yeah, so what we realized is that my or like our teammate Cam, his last mm. name was Lee Ming. So it looked like more Asian. <laughs> so he was like, Oh, oh this kid bro. must be this kid must be the Asian must be the Lee Ming. And the other guy must be the Lee Sin. That's <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that Oh, be like bad. that sometimes. <laughs> this is your prof, you said? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I, it, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. he, I, I'm sure he had like no ill intentions. It was just kind of funny. We were, once we realized, we were like, "Oh, like understandable." <laughs> this is a lesson for everyone listening right yeah. now. Never assume. <laughs> if you ever forget, just ask for the name yeah. again. <laughs> Rather look like an idiot than a bigger idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, as I said at the start, like we uh, both met at Terrorbreds. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd you start working there? Um. Honestly, I was kind of in between jobs at the time. I think I was must have been a few years out of high school, but I remember that um, my old classmate and friend had a job working as a key holder mm-hmm. at the uh, at their Granville Island location. Yeah. Um. So honestly, I just you know I gave him a call. Uh, mm-hmm. I was wondering if uh, they were hiring, and um, he said just come by, drop off your resume. And I didn't expect anything from it, but then I got a call a little while later, and uh, yeah, I just got a position from there, and I just kind of worked my way <laughs> to a similar status or a similar uh, you know level. Uh, and yeah. uh, then I worked at uh, Granville Island for a little bit. And mm-hmm. did we meet originally at Granville Island or in the village? I think we met at Granville Island. Granville Island. I think we did too, because there were people that were always cycling in mm-hmm. and, and out of Granville Island just yeah. to like lend a hand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where I met Emmy, and I think that's where I met James when we were working mm-hmm. there as well. Um, yeah, man, and I haven't then, heard uh, those names in ages. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been a time. It's been a whole. It, well, I mean, it's been longer than a year for you yeah. since you've right, but for me, it's been a whole year, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's just kind of how that went down. Um, I really didn't see myself kind of having an interest in the bakery scene but mm-hmm. i um, you know i'll be honest after a while and just kind of like putting the time in and i guess having the chance to speak to customers and speak to any staff that actually had interests um mm-hmm. not, not to say that no one yeah, had yeah. interests but people <laughs> people that really really um were fond of talking about bread and mm-hmm. uh um moreover just like baked goods and uh, in general i started to have uh 
I don't know. It started to definitely attract me as well. For sure. Um, mm. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I guess, can't say I'm a baker, though. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess backtracking for those who are listening, Terra Breads is this, like, local bakery uh, here in Vancouver. They have, like, four different locations. And it sounds like both of us, just out of high school, we were just looking for pretty chill... Well, would you describe Terra Breads as chill? I would say <laughs> it was chill... On the best of days. Yeah. <laughs> and there was always that rush, especially depending on the location you were at. Yeah. Um, and it could get stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I would say that, um, you know, thanks to, uh, you know, camaraderie and uh, good employees like yeah. yourself, uh, having no. the opportunity to be able to uh, work with someone like you, so friendly and kind and yeah. outgoing, yeah. Um, made the days all the better. Yeah. No, I'd say the exact same thing about you. I'm pretty sure that Granville Island shift you're talking about was may have been my first or second shift at Terra, like, ever. No, no kidding. I, I'm pretty sure. And I just remember, like, being pretty nervous. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy is so friendly. Like, That's <laughs> I was really like, oh, dude, you. like, working here is going to be a lot more fun. And as you See, said, like, working at Terra, sometimes a little stressful, but, like, as you mm-hmm. said, like, just having people to, like, converse with and, like, go through those things was definitely, like, super helpful. It's funny you say that because the reason I asked if we met at Granville Island or not was because I've mostly wiped that from my memory. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed my time working there, yeah. but um, just you know, it's been a it, it was uh, definitely uh, a long stretch of work mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I did uh, I think three and a half years at Granville Island. Dang. I was some something like that, which I mean Dang. obviously isn't too long. <laughs> But yeah. when you're in, um, for those of you listening again, it, it's such a small, confined space. Um, mm-hmm. This uh, area of work was only so much bigger than the room that I'm in right now, my bedroom. Um, <laughs> so you really didn't have the opportunity to stretch your legs too much. You yeah. didn't have so much freedom. Um, like the toilet was uh, the market. Uh, mm-hmm. So you were sharing it with everyone. Um, you were sharing most facilities with everyone. Uh, there wasn't really anywhere that you could like go have your break. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was such a public space, right? It was very open concept. Yeah. Um, so it made it difficult to have those, uh, those moments to just kind of sit back and relax. Mm-hmm. As you said, like, um, I think ironically, um, uh, well, Gravel Island, in my opinion, was definitely the more chill location. Oh, really? Um, I- I'd say so. Cause you okay. don't have to deal with the coffees. You don't have to deal with the foods. You're literally just dealing with like people who are just coming by, and you, mm-hmm. it's, it's all takeout, right? Um, so to me, it was the more chill location, but it was so chill that it was boring that, like, I <laughs> I did not like working at Gravel Island location. See, that's fair. I, and that's why I really liked working at the village for the time I had was because um, there were so, so many more hands-on opportunities and mm-hmm. you could go different ways. Uh, whether or not it was like actually helping out in the kitchen or being able to become a barista. Mm-hmm. I remember the moment that I was offered the position to be a barista, mm-hmm. a barista rather, um, I was ecstatic just because <laughs> I finally had something other to do than just sell the bread. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So you got uh, a chance to break away from just one f- steady flow and it just made it a bit more interesting. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's funny, while we're on the topic of, uh, of the TB, it's mm-hmm. actually, that's where I met uh, Darius as well. Oh, oh no, yeah, that's, yeah. well, I met him the second time there. That was the second time I met him. Uh, what was the first time? The first time I met him was overseas. I think I told you that story before, was I met him in a oh. hotel um, in Japan. Okay. Uh, and we only knew each other for a little while. 
um, for like a handful, like a week or so. Uh, and then he came back, but I, I remember uh, um, it just kind of coming up to him because I overheard him talking about Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then he said he was, you know, looking for work in Vancouver or something at the time. Yeah. And I came back and it was just the weirdest coincidence to see that he was going to be my coworker as well. And I think <laughs> it was around the time that I realized that you were going to be my coworker too, because I hadn't really coming back to the village. I didn't really know what to expect. I mm-hmm. didn't know who I was going to meet. Um, and there were a handful of people I didn't know at the time. So it was really kind of a relief to know that you were there and to know that the guy that I spoke to for less than a week in Japan was there and a couple other individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Actually, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you can talk a little bit about that then. Um, cause I think something that's really unique about your experience is, um, well, like, as you mentioned, you're like Caucasian, but, uh, you've you have a large interest in Japanese culture and stuff like that. Um, so, for example, uh, you said you went on a trip uh, back in, I guess this must have been 2017 to Japan? Uh, yes. The, well, yeah. the one... Oh, I, I, now I sound like I'm bragging. I think um, <laughs> the one I was on was 2018. Okay. Uh, does that sound right? Uh, okay, no. Hey, was it wrong? I feel like it would be oh, tw- so, well. Okay, I so I started working at Terra in 2017. Okay, uh, like August. So oh, okay. So the first time I went to Japan was in 2017. Okay. The time I met Darius was in 2018. Oh, okay. I had yeah, gone yeah. back the the following year mm-hmm. because the first time I went to Japan, I was like confident and i was ready and i thought i was going to do everything there and then i got there and i was like i'm just going to spend a vacation actually (laughs) and i came home and thought i really need to get myself in order before i go off and try to actually live there um but i really was happy that i had the opportunity to go just to kind of explore because it allowed me to i guess not get so overwhelmed by culture shock Mm -hmm. so that was that was nice at least (laughs) i um, I guess like stepping a lot back, like what first got you exposed to wanting to go to to Japan and stuff like that? That is such a good question. That's also a brutal question. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> it's it's not hard to answer. Yeah, but it's it's definitely, I guess, not as expected on my part. I sure. I remember going throughout high school with the impression that I was going to be in sciences. Um, and I had studied almost only sciences and I took all the math courses as well. Mm -hmm. Um, failed, mind you, but, uh, but, but, (laughs) But you you know, right, right. But I took them in the The intent. Uh, I I needed them to do that. Um, (laughs) and then I got out of high school and okay, maybe this will go as exactly as expected. And Mm -hmm. I, I'll be honest, I did not watch anime throughout high school. Darn. Not anything. I was a, a big fan of, um, Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. and uh, Miyazaki when I was younger. And mm-hmm. my favorite movie was, um, I can't remember, it was Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away. Uh, but other than that, I never watched anything. Sure. Uh, I was kind of under the impression that it was actually kind of uh, negative. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, oh, I, d- I don't really want to be associated with that. It yeah. just, it, 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 and of course, you're a teenager, right? You come up with these these biases. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to be associated with like those kind of like mm-hmm. geeky people that like anime. Yeah. And it, it was after graduating high school that my friend introduced me to Bleach. Yeah. And I watched an episode and I, okay, I didn't go in thinking, wow, this is like real life. <laughs> but th- there was something um, 
about the character arcs mm-hmm. uh, and the designs that was really, really cool. But above all else, there was something about just the language mm-hmm. that was really interesting to me. Okay. There was the, the, this kind of melodic sense to Japanese that I, I'd never really paid attention to before, uh, uh, to before because I'd never been exposed to it. Okay, yeah. Um, or at least when I had been, I was too young to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I started, you know, still watching these shows and kind of moving on to some Japanese dramas, um, mm-hmm. just kind of seeing what it was like. And the more I kind of watched and listened Mm-hmm. I wanted to explore more about culture and history, and it just became this rabbit hole. Okay. Um, which is funny because I say that, but <laughs> even in post-secondary, uh, but the time I was at Langara before I transferred, I was still studying sciences. Mm. Okay. Until I think it was about maybe a year and a half to two years into my studies that I finally went, yeah, maybe I'll try Japanese. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I think that it just kind of went from there. Dang. Yeah. I never knew this. <laughs> I did. Oh, well, I, you know what? Thank you for having me on. I'm happy to I'm happy to be here to tell my 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 legend. Yeah. Oh, I, ooh, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> oh, gross. Um there was a uh an associate or a colleague rather yeah. that I had at Langara in mm-hmm. a couple of my other classes and he was half Japanese. Okay. Um and I think he kind of urged me. I can't really recall we talked about anime a little bit but mm-hmm. I, there there was some kind of like push to finally go and take a language course mm-hmm. um and that's kind of how i got there i didn't really think of like me pursuing it as anything else but you know you when you're four years into studying and you realize that you're already in so deep you can't really back out at that point you can't just <laughs> look and go maybe i should go into like poli sci at yeah. this point or, like or, well you, you never know if you're hard working but. sure yeah but you don't really want to. Oh no, <laughs> well, no, no, yeah. no! After I've spent that much money and that much time studying, there's, there's yeah. no going back. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um. So, like, what happened from there? Uh, just besides, like, wh- I don't know. It sounds like a big leap from like you were studying math or some form of STEM at Langara, and then I'm mm-hmm. sure, like, was it just like a flick of a switch? You're like, oh, I'm just gonna switch to Japanese, it or did you start learning was. on your own a little bit first, or? No, it was definitely a flick of the switch. Oh, yeah. uh, there, I showed no interest in studying the language by myself. Um, <laughs> I, I needed someone. I, I thought, well, Julian, you need a professional to show you how this is done. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I I actually transferred throughout a, a bunch of fields of study. I was um, originally majoring in environmental sciences. Mm-hmm. And then I went into biology yeah. And then I went into history. Um, and it, uh, it, the third time I had gone to uh, the uh, um, academic counseling or the uh, the registrar, rather, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, yeah, I need to kind of figure out what I want to do. Yeah. Mental note, everyone here, it doesn't matter how much time it takes. You figure out what you do at your own pace. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was at that point that I was like, well, oh, you know, I guess I'll try Japanese. And, yeah, I, I just kept pursuing it um i kept taking courses that interest me in it i am also interested in korean i haven't studied it yet but mm-hmm. i'm kind of we'll cross that bridge after i've <laughs> after i've decided i'm capable enough at conquering one asian language <laughs> right if I'm, I'm i'm good enough at, if i feel satisfied i don't want to get to the point where i'm fluent mm-hmm. but i definitely want to get to the point where i feel like i've accomplished a goal for myself for sure yeah i don't want to yeah. kill myself by studying too much though mm-hmm yeah. I can barely speak English anymore, so 
Same. It's the only language I know, and I'm terrible at it. <laughs> and I'm terrible at it. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm surprised I'm doing this well into this uh, this podcast right now. So I haven't messed up too many words. No, you do great. Uh, but yeah, no, but that's. I feel like that's pretty ballsy to just go from like, uh, not really like I don't really know anything about Japanese culture to like, let's just study Japanese. Like, <laughs> it uh, was a weird transition for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think the one thing I was worried about was at the time like that sense of not knowing was going to lead me to think that I wasn't able, I, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I was definitely worried that there was going to be that kind of lack or that disconnect, mm-hmm. but um, I am, um, I, I would say that I'm satisfied. Okay. I'm, I'm seriously, <laughs> I'm seriously satisfied and I enjoyed my studies. Mm-hmm. What was mm-hmm. the overall learning experience like? Because, uh, for example, my cousin actually uh, moved to Japan recently, oh. um, and he's. We were talking about like just the language and stuff, and he was telling me he thinks Japanese is one of the hardest languages to learn, um, just because he said this uh, hiragana, katakana, mm-hmm. uh, the other one. I think oh, there's kan- another kanji, other one. Right? Yeah, yeah sorry, kanji. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, just stuff like that. Um, like, what was your take on it? Just because I think um, probably many people can relate in the sense of learning a language in school is not easy. Like, I'd say for almost everyone listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to say most right. people listening who studied French in high school, how many of you guys can actually speak French? Like, probably not that many of you. Uh, I personally studied, like, Chinese in high school and, like, elementary school even, and my Chinese is terrible. <laughs> how long did you study Chinese for? Uh, too long to, uh, to say. No. Mm. But... No. Uh, did, yeah. <laughs> did you study? Sorry, I cut you off there. My bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say like eleven years. I think, like Ele- eleven years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my parents put me in Chinese school since I was like five or do six. You, do your parents speak Chinese? Um. So the as as I mentioned, my yeah. dad grew up in South Africa. Right. Okay. Um. So he didn't grow up speaking Chinese. So because of that, when my mom and dad got married and then they had us, like it would have been weird if my mom spoke Chinese and my dad didn't understand anything. Right, right, right. So growing up, like uh, I was exposed to like Chinese and my mom's side of the family could like basically speak it fluently and whatever. But just since I never used it at home and I wasn't practicing it constantly, like I forgot everything. I also think like in school they teach, uh, there's more emphasis on reading and writing. Okay. Uh, I feel like just generally it's easier to test reading and writing opposed to speaking. Just right. Like you can give thirty pe- you can give thirty kids a like written exam all at the same time, but if you just have one teacher, you can't do like a verbal exam. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just my experience with learning languages in school. Well, I was wondering that because I I, I heard from a friend that at some point like, um, if you want to study Cantonese, I think mm-hmm. you have to go through Mandarin first. <laughs> like a cert a certain level. Mm-hmm. My friend told me that he, like his family speaks um, Cantonese mm-hmm. or rarely, right? Like some some of his relatives speak Cantonese. Yeah. He wanted to learn it, but he wasn't able to actually uh, enter that class until he had finished basic Mandarin. I think. Oh, what the heck? Like that. <laughs> but that didn't really. I don't know if that makes entire sense because they're t- two they're, completely yeah. different dialects. They're right? so language, different. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, if and and you're right. For anyone here right now who said that uh, they were able to um, completely accomplish fluency in one language through school, I give you a clap. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I know. I think that's a, a tremendous feat. Uh, mm-hmm. If you actually did that, I think that's incredible. I know a couple people who have um, really good articulation, uh, really good fluency, 
mm-hmm. and accuracy, um, mm-hmm. who I studied with. But I, I, I don't think everyone becomes fluent by the time that they finish an advanced class course. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Especially if you're coming from an English-speaking background. Um, if you decide to ever learn an Asian language, mm-hmm. I would recommend uh, preparing your mind. Um, <laughs> as, as the beginner course may seem easy, uh, from there it's all uphill. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big grind. And yeah. you know what? I, I mean, that, that should be the case with any language. Um, baby steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it at your own pace. But uh, do remember that uh, just with... Uh, you know, just as English is difficult um, for everyone else, uh, learning their language is going to be just as difficult too, right? Yeah. So, which it did, it did open up my mind mm-hmm. uh, after learning Japanese. I, I did have that moment where I go, "Wow, <laughs> learning English must be the worst. It's probably like the hardest language to learn because yeah. it's so bastardized and there's so many deviations and yeah. slang. Like yeah. my language is trash." <laughs> Kind of is. So yeah. many exceptions when it's like, does English even have rules Ooh. at this point? <laughs> when I, it... <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. And yeah. it was one of my thoughts was like, when I thought about, you know, the potential of having a future career in Japan, mm-hmm. one of my first thoughts was, do I want to teach English? Mm-hmm. And I really like kind of brainwashed myself. I said, yeah, I want to teach English. Like, oh, I really want to teach English over there. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, the first step is I should learn Japanese because it wouldn't be fair for me to just dictate my own language yeah. <laughs> onto someone else without first becoming, um, you know, uh, experienced with theirs, right? Yeah. So, um, plus, if I'm living in Japan, I want the opportunity to be able to actually socialize, talk to people, mm-hmm. um, you know, have every day-to-day interactions. Uh, but it was that around a certain time in the last couple of years that I realized, like, I absolutely don't want to teach English. <laughs> it's the last thing I want to do on the planet. I'm yeah. like, why would I want to, like, because, you know, I have an interest in Japan. Why would, like, the last thing I want to do is teach English to yeah. people? It's like, I want to do something that has to do with, like, history or mm-hmm. culture or just, again, speaking. I really do like speaking to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it was around that point that I realized, like, what I really like to do with the education that I have somehow apply it to everyday um, conversation mm-hmm. whether that's in like tours or hospitality but just having the uh, you know the uh, ability to be that bridging that connector between mm-hmm. cultures yeah um, would be really really fulfilling and worthwhile I don't mm-hmm. think I have the skill set to be an interpreter just yet but yeah. we'll see we'll see I'll crack <laughs> open a couple more books but I would say if again if you're studying a language the best way to study it is to just be um, just submerged um, in the in the language itself in mm-hmm. the in the culture. It's the best way to um, just become as fluent as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, no hesitations in a classroom setting. You can be a bit more nervous, right? Yeah. Um, and it's you're just you're not going to be able to absorb everything from the textbook. So mm-hmm. sorry, I've been running my mouth. No, no, no. This, that, is, yeah. this is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I guess like uh, so from your experience was learning or like how was learning Japanese because it sounds like you must if you're even considering being a translator mm-hmm. like you must have been able to get pretty far into learning the language like uh, just how was that journey for you? Well, <laughs> it has been it's been a road. Um, I still I would say that right now of. Uh, anytime, mm-hmm. um, my Japanese is at, at its worst. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I just haven't had the opportunity to exchange it with anyone um, mm-hmm. vocally. Right? Yeah. I haven't had the the um, the time to speak to anyone in Japanese, and I really should try and catch up on it. And I've been doing some reading and some some practices from some textbooks, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just it's slowly going down. But I'm sure the moment I go back, it'll start to come up. Yeah. Um, and like you asked, what has the road been like? Mm-hmm. It has been a lot in the sense that there have been so many times where I wondered if I had made a mistake. Okay. If I thought, how many years have I put into this language? How much have I actually taken from it? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be good for me in the long run? What is it worth? Um, And I just had to keep reminding myself that it was all about how you value it Mm -hmm. and what the applications uh, you are going to use it for right like what, what you're going to take overall from this experience yeah uh and i had to keep reminding myself that you know i will be able to speak to you know essentially a second audience that i would never be able to speak to before mm-hmm. um i'll be able to express and communicate my own thoughts to individuals that i would never be able to talk to and um be able to share experiences that i otherwise wouldn't have been able to share so that was kind of my my um my rock I don't know. To, to get, I mean, I had my family, of course, and my yeah, friends. Yeah. Um, but it, the the beginner courses um, are definitely the. Uh, I I would say it's like the it's like going up a, a roller coaster. Okay. It's, that, it's that build up, right? Yeah. It's 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 this idea that you know there's going to be like so much play. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and you're going up the first slope, and then when you get to about intermediate, it's yeah. that point right before you go over. Yeah. That you're that you're up in the air and you're going. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> and, and again, these thoughts I was having definitely occurred around this time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was really unsure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get to the advanced courses, it is <laughs> just a ride. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. It's uh-huh. thrilling, but it's scary. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I I can keep seeing in my head all the time mm-hmm. is uh, so much red. <laughs> on my papers because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 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 hard writing in a different language right For sure. um and i as much as i could read my teacher's handwriting i didn't know where i had gone wrong there wasn't um too much there was like lots of correction but there mm-hmm. wasn't really any feedback. learning from it there was mm-hmm. too much feedback you'd have mm-hmm. to go to the teacher and she would explain it to me um but i think that the issue was that i was still thinking of my english brain mm. and i i I still see it as a problem that I haven't had uh, a definite um, Japanese brain yet. Like I, oh, yeah. I haven't adopted that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and until then, we're, we're just going to keep trying. <laughs> and as <laughs> yeah, tough yeah. as as tough as it gets, mm-hmm. um, I just want to remind people that uh, you know it. It really, at the end of the day, gosh, I I just want to say it just is for some reason. I don't know why. I don't have anything ins- inspirational to say. I guess if it's going to be inspirational enough, I would just say that you just need to work as hard as you want to and achieve the goals that you want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you strive for more, um, then continue to put 110% into it to achieve your own future goal. Like Every time you set yourself a goal, you should strive for that. Um, but never feel like you need to do more to accommodate someone else in terms of learning a language unless of course maybe a job requires it but if you have set that goal in mind then you just need to work for it right Mm -hmm. no i totally agree 
Uh, yeah, no, I think it's something interesting you just brought up is like, oh, you feel like you haven't had Japanese brain yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like something that I heard, or like I heard before, and I feel like once I heard this, it kind of like resonated with me is that, uh, yeah, they say that once you truly like have mastered a language, you start to think in that language. Because I think the, for example, like if I'm asking my, you know, like you think to yourself, you're like, oh, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yes. Like if you, once you switch to another language, you start asking that question to yourself in another language. And I was like, I was like, dude, that's crazy to think about. Like I, once I heard about that, I started asking different friends like, oh, do you ever dream in another language? Do you like think in another language? And they're like, yeah. I was like, dude, that's wild to me. Because I think maybe same as you, like for at least for Chinese for me it's never mm-hmm. like Chinese and then I understand it's always what's the English definition of these Chinese words right. all right I understand now like I always have to take that like extra step I think I'm still kind of in that spot though because mm-hmm. the problem is English is so ingrained into me from yeah. the get-go that mm-hmm. you know you always approach something with like how does this grammatically work in yeah. English and then I have to keep running myself it does it doesn't matter <laughs> That's yeah. not the point. Just forget everything. Like, forget <laughs> all English. You need to just remember how to speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. I do have those moments, though, where I, I've never dreamed fully in Japanese, but okay. I have had instances where I've had, like, just responses in my head and thoughts, like, oh, yeah, and it's in a Japanese word or mm-hmm. a Japanese sentence. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really been conscious of that. Mm-hmm. But I know that um, you did remind me of something. When I came back from, I think I was in japan for just over between three and four months or so and that was around the time that was when i met darius yeah i came back and my friends and i went for sushi (laughs) in in, in vancouver yeah um and uh, i forgot the word for soy sauce in english (laughs) but i remembered it in japanese yeah and we sat there and i said oh could you pass me the and i just blank and i said could you pass me the show you and they said the what and i said the the show you i can't remember the word for it in english and it wasn't like they they didn't say to me wow that's huge yeah like you, you're starting to think in your japanese brain they thought i was the most pretentious person they've ever met and i don't blame them yeah freaking julian comes back from japan they see some hot shot can't I even think, say soy sauce anymore I, like, well <laughs> i i might have given them an impression before that because i mean i i i definitely made a, a name for myself amongst some friends oh. of, of that guy that you yeah. know like yeah don't don't even sp- like whisper the word japan because Julian will hear it, and Julian will be like, did you know that in this year, or like, oh, did you know about the language? And I, I completely take credit for that and responsibility. <laughs> I, I have been known, I'm notorious for, for doing that. And it's, again, it's it's obnoxious of me, but it's just because, like, I, I've never been corrective of someone. It's mm-hmm. just because I have such a, an enthusiasm for it. Yeah. That I'm like, yeah. oh my god, we're talking about this now? And mm-hmm. I need to learn that, you know, there's time and a place, man. You yeah. just need to pretend to be disinterested sometimes. <laughs> hey, nah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I feel like if you're truly, like, excited about something, you gotta, like, sometimes you just gotta share it, you know? And it's true, I mean, sometimes. I feel like this is the perfect time and place, so... <laughs> Thank you. So I'm glad you're bringing this up. <laughs> I'm glad. There's a time and place for everything. I like you're saying that now, but, you know, yeah. we go on, like, a 10-hour car ride together. <laughs> Hey. And I go, so did you know this one time in, 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 under this emperor? It's going to be killer. So no. no, I do my best. I, uh, I, I find that the one thing is I love it a little too much sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing I really like about it is definitely um, cultural exchanges. Like just yeah. like in terms of greetings or like on ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things and how it ties to history. 
Okay, and the yeah. problem with it is when I get too into that, mm-hmm. I have to remember there are so many other facets of life that I'm also interested in that I've mm-hmm. put aside. <laughs> so I've I've put so many things aside that I used to be really, really into that I need to look at and go, well, how do I bring this back into my life now? Okay. Um, and it, it again, this is this sounds really um, kind of self-absorbed of me to say that, but it just I I don't know it it, it definitely got to the point where I became kind of obsessed, mm-hmm. um, and I still need to try and figure out how to be like, you know, I really like to do readings that aren't necessarily or strictly tied to this in interest. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that makes too much sense, mm-hmm. but it's it it gets to the point where you almost feel like you're drowning on yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that you should be extremely, you know, excited or happy because you have a passion or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. if you find it. But if you get to that point where you're just like, yeah, I'm a little tired. I need you need some breathing room. I've definitely yeah. gotten to that point. Okay, I think yeah. I think that that that. I definitely, as much as I uh, obviously am still enthusiastic about it, mm-hmm. you live the high in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it got to that point recently where I, you know, I'm still studying. I still keep up with France and Japan. I'm still interested in culture and stuff like that. I still have that um, enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to be like, how do I keep on living in Vancouver? Yeah. Because especially with 2020 being what it was, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's tough because you know I I want to be able to travel. For I want to sure. be able to start my life after graduation. Mm-hmm. But then this happens, and if I continue to only remind myself or like what ifs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I yeah. if I keep putting those out there, I'm going to keep making myself feel kind of depressed in the end. So yeah, for sure. I just you just need to take every step at a time and uh, every day by day and try to remember the reality, the 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 weight of the situation, and yeah. and that that especially. Um, hit hard when toilet paper started flying off the shelves. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I need to remember where I was living and mm-hmm. uh, how to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's good advice. I feel like a lot of people are always really stuck on, I guess, uh, figuring out what they want to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. I know people like burn out really fast. They're like, Oh, I really want to do this, but they don't necessarily give themselves enough rest and understand that even though you really enjoy it, sometimes you really just need that break from it. You really do. Bit. Yeah, have yeah. you ever felt like that with yourself? Um, like you've just been kind of like so so absorbed, and you 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 get to a point where you're so absorbed that you kind of lose track of everything else that's around you. You get tunnel vision, right? Yeah, um, and you get stuck and so fixed on that one thing mm-hmm. um, that uh, yeah, you just kind of wave everything else aside, and you need to get that back to that point where you're like, wow, I, you know, there are other things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the dangerous thing is, like, when you're in that obsessive zone, like, mm-hmm. sometimes you're just making, like, so much progress that you just get addicted to that feeling of, like, progress, and then you're just like, I just can't stop. But can't, then, you forget you just, how to eat, you forget yeah. how to sleep, and that's <laughs> yeah. what's dangerous about it. Uh-huh. But then that, yeah. that burnout just hits really hard, mm-hmm. so. It really oh. does. And I think that was one thing that was, like, I don't know. It really brought me back was the burnout mm-hmm. was that like, I, I've always been a very, um, kind of like on person. Okay. Like I've always had that energy up that kind of like turned on. Yeah. Like I, how do, how do I explain, you know, the switch was on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely more extroverted than introverted. Yeah. Uh, but you just get to a point where like you talk about something for so long mm-hmm. that you actually run yourself dry. You run yeah. yourself right. right? <laughs> so it's like, 
I feel like it's similar to, you know, when you have your favorite song, you just listen to it on repeat forever to the oh. point when you're just like, I'm sick of this song. I hate I this know song. Exactly. But then you find another <laughs> song and you listen to that song for the yeah. next five weeks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's what Korean will be like for me yeah, when yeah. I finally pick up Korean. <laughs> Is there, um, do you have any uh, advice for me if I want to learn Chinese? Um, darn. Honestly, I feel like it's similar to what you were saying about Japanese. I think you just have to expose yourself to the language mm-hmm. and use it. Um, so that said, I feel like I'm not a qualified person to say that. <laughs> but I guess just my experience um, with something similar is like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I also actually happened to go to Japan back in 2017. Right, I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, and then I knew like basically zero Japanese going in there. Like for me, it was just the anime that I'd watched, which is, like, not even real words, date by yo, like... There you go. It brings <laughs> you a long way still. Yeah. But uh, I went with, with a couple friends who actually knew Japanese, mm-hmm. and I'd ask them, like, how do you say this or that? Like, basically everywhere I went, I was just being annoying, just being like, <laughs> no. how do you say this? How do you say that? Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that, actually, I almost had the same, or something similar to you, where I came back to Vancouver... And then, literally, I get off the plane, and someone bumps into me. And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, sumimasen. Or I, something like yeah. that. And I was, like, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what the heck? What am I doing? Right. And then, actually, same thing. I also went to a sushi restaurant. They brought the food, and I was like, arigato. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? You just, just kind of do <laughs> yeah. it sometimes. You just yeah. slip back into it. Especially yeah. if you've just come back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, literally within the hour of me getting off the plane or something. So, I think, the... like, even just being exposed to, like, people... like. Being in that culture just forces you to learn the language. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so like I have some family members or like cousins who said that they would go on apps similar to Omegle or something, just like talk to people from China. Like, that's, like, a, that's, that's crazy. a dangerous place sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you know what? I've never used Omegle, but I've yeah. only heard of its reputation. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm so daring. Yeah. But, uh, but I definitely want to be able to like find something where I'll be able to have that communication with someone abroad. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. It, it absolutely exists. I've been using some language apps and some, yeah. you know, conversation apps, but mm-hmm. I haven't found that kind of right one yet that really has helped me with my learning. Okay. Or assisted yeah, yeah. with the learning. But hey, you said, yeah. you know, when you went to Japan, um, you, you felt like you were like asking too many questions. I don't think that's, <laughs> that's never the case, right? Yeah. If you go to somewhere and you don't really speak that language, it's important to try to stay in, you know, the know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to try to get a, a grasp on things, especially yeah. like you never know you're going to be in a situation where maybe you're, you're out by yourself for the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like what you said, having, especially the two words you said, sumimasen and arigato, just, <laughs> it, it, it goes such a long way. And from what I learned, at least when I was staying there, Mm-hmm. Was that if you can say even those two words, yeah, you're already like the Japanese will be so neighborly to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's pretty true for most countries is if you go to another country and you try to pick up some of the language, people are mm-hmm. going to be much more friendlier or yeah, I agree. more inclined to be friendly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I think, uh, I think for me, like, or adding on to what you were saying, I feel like it just shows some level of respect of like, Absolutely. oh, you're willing to learn a little bit more about our culture and like about our language. So like, obviously, I feel like you're just naturally inclined to be friendlier to people who are more willing to be uh, like inform themselves or be knowledgeable about your culture. That's um, true. 
yeah. I can't really imagine myself going to a country um, without kind of getting an, an idea of its language or its culture beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like not only would it be like somewhat, you know, disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Just, just having this assumption that people are going to speak English just because yeah. you speak English. Mm-hmm. But, um, but also it would be kind of a self-sabotage in a way, right? Let's say you, sure. you do something and you are, you just become embarrassed, right? It, yeah. it is an embarrassing <laughs> situation. If you have uh, like a, some kind of mistake that happens yeah. to you while you're abroad. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess I, especially studying another culture and another language has kind of taught me that to be a bit more respectful and a bit more, I don't know, open-minded um, to these kind of things too. Yeah, no, I have a perfect story about that actually. Oh yeah. So uh, when I was there, one of the um, first, or like, this was probably within the first week, like, mm-hmm. like first couple of days, um, one of my favorite dogs are like Shiba Inus. So, obviously, I'm in Japan, and there's so yeah. many Shiba Inus, right? They're everywhere, right? So, I asked my friend, I'm like, yo, uh, how do you say, like, can I pet your dog? He's like, he's like, oh, <laughs> he literally tells me, he's like, oh, uh, you know, like, in Japan, uh, sp- like, people who speak English are generally considered, like, higher status because, like, they know the English language. So, he was like, if you just ask her in English, like, mm-hmm. it should be fine. So, like, I literally walk up to this, like, woman who's walking, like, two Shiba Inus, all happy, and I'm like, oh, uh, can I pet your dog? And then she just looks at me, she, like, nods, and then she walks faster away from me. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what was that? <laughs> so then, yeah, after, I was like, you tricked me, bro, like, you gotta teach me how to say this. And basically, like, it just became a little fun yeah. thing where every time I saw a dog, I'd be like... Uh, inu sawate moi desu ka? And then, mm-hmm. like, every time they'd just be, like, super happy. They'd be, like, they'd be kind of impressed that I learned some level of Japanese, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I'd get to pet, like, tons of dogs in Japan. All right. <laughs> even even that level of communication goes so far. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can only say that approaching <laughs> someone and saying that and in English, yeah. well, you know, it definitely scared her off. I'm sorry. To yeah. that um, yeah. But I, I've had that moment too, where like someone speaks to me in a foreign language mm-hmm. that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I have no, you just freeze. Right. Yeah. And you just try to do the best you can with English or you, you have like the, the, the fight or flight, the fight being like, Oh, I can, you know, I got to stand here and try and do my best. Mm-hmm. And the, the flight just like, I have to get out. I yeah. have to leave. And she was obviously on flight mode and she yeah, just needed sure. to get out. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally understandable. I, yeah. I completely get that. Um, I only meant like, some people say that, you know, the Japanese really, a, a lot of people in Japan speak English. Mm-hmm. I, don't know if i found that and that's my bias right because i haven't spent my whole life there um Mm -hmm. but i know that not everyone does and that it seems i would i would say like maybe two out of seven people have like a pretty good grasp of english and that's just residual from high school Um, i actually feel like that's that's even higher than what i was thinking Um, maybe like one out of what would you say i'd say maybe one in wait one in six yeah like one in six one in five Mm. like i i don't think i encountered that many people who who i'd say had a good grasp of yeah uh japanese of english sorry (laughs) and it's 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 really because the people that do speak english are the Mm -hmm. ones who aspire to leave yeah or aspire to travel or do business Mm -hmm. um and the ones that just you know i 
it's like for me, I only learned French up until a certain point because I never had any dream of, you know, speaking French or going to France. Mm -hmm. I want to go to France. I do want to go to France at some point and I'll Mm -hmm. have to brush up on my French when that time comes. But I never (laughs) saw it as something I'm going to need in my life at this point because I was only going to be in BC Mm -hmm. up until the point where I said, hey, you know what? Actually, I want to speak Japanese. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are the kind of, those are the people that have that mentality who, who, don't see themselves going anywhere especially you know the people in the older generations as well so yeah japanese is extremely useful there um but i did find it funny when you did have people who would i I had people who would come up to me um and this will this will also happen a lot where i i I think my favorite story was i was actually in a um uh, a sony arcade okay yeah uh or not sony no sega sega a sega um and uh (laughs) This, this gentleman comes up to me while I'm playing a game mm-hmm. and he just starts speaking to me in English. Uh, <laughs> and his English was really good. Yeah. Um, but we just talked about I, the most random stuff. I think at one point <laughs> we started talking about Pokemon cards. Yeah. Uh, we started talking about uh, like race cars or something, uh, mm-hmm. airplanes. And we uh, yeah. talked about Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really exciting uh, for me too because it was like this opportunity where, you know, just as much as I wanted to speak to people in japanese there was this mm-hmm. gentleman who, who wanted to speak to me in english yeah um and you know if you're learning another language again don't ever hesitate mm-hmm. to because the moment you hesitate is the moment you start to doubt yourself as well yeah um in learning that language so mm-hmm. just go for it and this guy he had he was you know <laughs> no doubt in his mind he's like i see this white guy over here and <laughs> i am going to take advantage of my english yeah. speaking skills right now to improve yeah. uh-huh. um one thing that i thought was curious when i was there was that, and maybe this is just, you know, again, my bias as uh, an English-speaking Caucasian person, mm-hmm. but it was that, like, if you spoke English, or my English at least, yeah, I, you were from America. Okay. That was always the first thought. So uh-huh. whenever I spoke to people, they would ask me where in America I was from. Okay. And then I'd have to tell them, oh, actually, I'm from Canada. And they'd go, oh, I love that. I love Canada. It's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Um, but it was never it was never like any other thought before that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I did know some people who spoke who had you know Australian accents, and it was perceived as British, or it was like you know there wasn't too much of the, like the whole grasp on it either. Yeah. But my my other thought was, how do you know when to speak to someone in English? Is it just because they look Caucasian? No. Because especially in Tokyo, Tokyo mm-hmm. is such a melting pot now of yeah. different people in terms of cultures mm-hmm. and people living. Sorry, sorry, right? Tourists and people living there mingling together. Sure. I met people from you know Germany, um, from France, from Spain, mm-hmm. um, pretty much from all over Europe and South America as well. Yeah. Uh, so you can't make too many assumptions, and the same goes for Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would argue that. You know, you know, if you see someone, regardless of what ethnicity or um, culture they might have come from, if you're in that country, just try speaking to them in that country's language at that point, because yeah. you don't want to make any mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to make any assumptions about someone else's. If they're in that country, they probably came there to speak that, or if they're a tourist, at least, you know, they're trying to get by it the best yeah. they can. But just because they look a certain way, you mm-hmm. want to make sure. And that's kind of, that's one of the reasons why I don't also practice Japanese in Canada, because yeah. I don't go around going, oh, you know what? <laughs> They might be Japanese. Maybe yeah. I should speak to them in Japanese. Yeah. Mm, no. Still, yeah. This is this has been a learning moment. <laughs> this is like, right. So. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I guess, what was your experience like personally going to Japan? You said you've gone at least two times. I've been three times. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, um, what was, how was your like first time there, and just like things like biggest, uh, maybe favorite parts about Japan and stuff like that, or maybe some of the culture shock that you experienced? Right. Uh, anxiety. Okay. Uh, anxiety. <laughs> Understandably, <laughs> I, it is actually the uh, outside of Canada and the United States, the only other country I've been to. Oh, okay. Um, I ha- don't do a lot of travel, uh, and when I do travel, I travel mostly domestic or mm-hmm. within the United States. Um, just as a tourist and uh when i came to japan as a tourist you know no amount of preparation in language can ever get you so prepared for the first time yep just everything you've learned from a book so far mm-hmm. or is is verbatim from that or from a teacher right and yeah. and you don't really know how you are going to get by oh, yeah. um uh, so i remember getting off the plane mm-hmm. And seeing the escalator etiquette and going, well, what is this nonsense? Because <laughs> you, you have to stand on the other side there, right? And, yeah. and, and especially in, I think it's the only other place um, where you don't do that is in Osaka. Okay. And that was that, that was a nightmare for me. Uh-huh. was because the first time I went was, so it, if you don't know, in Japan, um, just as you would stand on the right side of the escalator here and walk on the left. Yeah. I got that right, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, okay, good, okay. In <laughs> Japan, it's the other way around. So you stand on the left side, you walk on the right, except for Osaka, where it's reversed again. So my <laughs> biggest pain was I got off the flight in Tokyo. Uh-huh. And so now I'm on that etiquette where I'm standing on the left or walking on the right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you know, I'm going straight from Tokyo on a bullet train to Osaka. And the moment uh-huh. I get to Osaka, it's back again. And <laughs> it was like my mind had been flipped inside out. Everything yeah. I knew about escalators was in jeopardy. At this point. <laughs> Your uh, life was a lie. <laughs> yeah, my life was an entire lie. That was probably one of the bigger culture shock moments. Everything that came after that, you just kind of had to go, I accept this. Uh-huh. Right? You couldn't argue it. I couldn't go, well, this is awkward. Uh-huh. I just have to go, all right, this yeah. is what it is. Like, this is how it goes. These are the uh-huh. rules here. Yeah. Um, it was odd on that first trip. I actually, so when I got to Osaka, mm-hmm. again, this is how I meet people, especially in hostels, is yeah. if I hear anyone say anything about Canada, I'm like, I know who my group is. I'm here. <laughs> We're here to have a good time. Yeah. We're going to have fun. And I heard someone talking about Canada. And there was three guys, and we got along rather well. And I actually, um, you know, I told them my interest in Japan, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, maybe at one point, maybe like a, a political career, maybe something like that. And he said, oh, that's really funny, because my dad is actually in politics in Japan. And I said, okay, what does your dad do? And he said, he's actually the Canadian ambassador. <laughs> and it was, I was like, no kidding, your dad's the ambassador that's to crazy. Japan. That's, that's, that's crazy. Um and he's such a sweetheart and we hung out for you know my extent in uh, osaka and a little bit in kyoto Mm -hmm. um but just i think he'd been to japan before but he was with his friends and it was having that time where you could experience something for the first time together as strangers was really rewarding yeah like you didn't know what kind of trouble you might get don't get into trouble folks (laughs) You you didn't know where each road was going to take you right for sure um there were so many unexpected uh turns and uh so many kind of delightful surprises um that made the experience so much more rewarding and i think it was after that that i realized that i didn't need to be afraid anymore Mm -hmm. and it was it was around that time when i was with them and i kind of had that bragging rights of like oh you know i I speak a little japanese Mm -hmm. that i (laughs) definitely felt more confident in my speaking and from there it started to just become um bigger and bigger in terms of like my confidence building up 
That was really difficult to say. I don't know why I made it. That was so stressful <laughs> to say bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that was, yeah, the first the first time was definitely as a tourist just to know what I was getting myself into. I didn't want to dive straight into the pool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work my way in. And I am really happy for that because I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I'm going to Japan or I'm going to Korea, going to China. Yeah. And they go there. They, they're you know they really have a good head on their shoulders they, they know exactly what they're going to do but then it's that it's that culture shock that breaks them and they For say sure. i got i gotta go home <laughs> i gotta yeah. get out of here while i still can um and i'm i i, I hopefully won't ever have that because i can definitely see myself enjoying uh, a future in mm-hmm. i guess um asia so okay, yeah hopefully that happens and then how about the next couple of times you went back um, well, the second time I went was when I met Darius, and I okay. was there for that was kind of my uh, my longer stay. I was on a working holiday visa at the time. Oh, and oh. what were you working there as? Oh, I was actually so I was working in a hotel. Oh, okay. But I didn't get that job until a little while after I got there. I I landed and I was pretty much living in a hostel okay, for yeah. the first month mm-hmm. um, and a bit. Um, just kind of enjoying it i actually had uh i i would definitely call her out as my rock mm-hmm. my hero while i was there the first two times <laughs> sure. um was a friend from high school and she's oh. half japanese and she had been living in japan at the time um so i had her as a contact and we would hang out and then i got to the point where i realized well i need my job i need to get a job <laughs> i need money i need to have yeah. that stability yeah and i ended up finding um a job on Craigslist. <laughs> they have Craigslist in Japan. They, they do have a Japanese Craigslist. It's Dang. true. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say now. Most of it's for pornography. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we don't. We ignore that. Um, I I was kind of surprised. I went, oh, we've got Japanese Craigslist. Yeah. Oh, most of it's for adult video content. I mean, you said you had to make some money somehow, right? <laughs> okay, no. the, the bills don't pay themselves. Yeah, but I opted for the uh, the hotel approach and instead i did find one teaching job on craigslist there and uh-huh. they said we will pay you it was in english it was one yeah. of the, i decided okay we'll stay away from any of the job listings that are in japanese right yeah. now because i don't feel like my japanese is at that you know, level at that mm-hmm. level just yet mm-hmm. so we were looking for english listings that required me to have some grasp of japanese and there's one english teaching job that had there and they said in english we will teach you slave we will not teach you sorry rather <laughs> we will pay you slave wages we will treat you like a foreign slave. And I was, I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was very curious. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to know what they were talking about, yeah. uh, but I didn't apply. I ended right. up applying to the hotel, which was just opening up uh, a new location in Tokyo. And I ended up being one of their opening staff. And I originally started out as cleaning staff there. Mm-hmm. Well, I was assigned as I was hired as cleaning staff or turn down service. Sure. Um, making beds uh, and just you know getting everything set. It was a it was a capsule hotel, but the, it was like when you think of the like the the most posh, nicest capsule hotel you can think of. Okay. If you've ever if, have you stayed in a capsule hotel? Before? I have not. I've only seen photos. Right. If if any of you have stayed in a, a capsule hotel or know what I'm talking about, it's it's like a or don't know what I'm talking about. Rather, it's like a, basically a wall full of coffin sized holes where people sleep in. Um, and it's it's all about compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be kind of scary, but it actually is so good, and they're usually some of the cheapest places you can stay at. Um, but there's so much reward from them as well because they're not, even though they're cheap, they're not like dodgy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this was one of these ones where it was the bougiest. They weren't just holes. They were pretty much like full rooms. They had like cubicle dividers, but it was just mm-hmm. a big bed in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, some of them had projector screens and projectors in them. And everyone got an iPod while you were staying there. Dang. I, but it was, you didn't get to keep it. It <laughs> yeah, was just yeah, yeah. like while you were staying there. I mean, it actually acted as like a, a key pass for tapping okay. in and out. Um, so I was hired as the turndown staff. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I drank a little too much at the uh, the opening party. Yeah. And I ended up having a conversation with um, one of their uh, Kyoto employees, sure, um, who had come out to train us. Mm-hmm. And uh, he barely spoke any English, and I had a conversation with him in Japanese. Yeah. And he ended up going to my boss and saying, "Hey, you know, like this guy speaks Japanese." And she came to me and said. <laughs> Hey, how come you didn't say that? And I was like, well, you know, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm still studying, I'm practicing. And she goes, oh, if you want it, you can work reception. Uh-huh. Um, that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was again rewarding because you just have to get out of your shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would work reception every now and then. Yeah. I was really bad at it. And the or oh, sorry, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to bring myself down like that. I sure. I was good at certain parts of it, but mm-hmm. I wasn't great at all of them. And the one thing that I struggled the most with was when there was a Japanese guest checking in. Yeah. I had this script. I would like I, I knew exactly what I was going to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it it usually worked except for this. And yeah. the part it never worked at was when, <laughs> and this is going to be the funniest, is when they gave me their name. Yeah, <laughs> because I have to ch- you know check them on like on the computer. Yeah, and I can't read kanji names, uh. or I can read some kanji names. I yeah. like I can read kanji words, but mm-hmm. there are different variations to how people spell their names. Yeah. So on the computer, I could type in the name Takashi, yeah. and if there were seven Takashi staying there, right, and maybe yeah. like five of them hadn't checked in yet. Uh-huh. And they all have different spellings. I don't know who, right? So I was, oh, yeah. like, what's your last name? And then they would say their last name. I yeah. wouldn't even be, I couldn't even tell you where, where I would start on how uh-huh. to read that. Yeah. Like, how would I read the last <laughs> name? So then I would also always have to, you know, call my supervisor and say, oh, I need you to check this person yeah. because I'm not qualified. <laughs> yeah. So, and then afterwards she would pass me back and I'd be like, you know, I'd give the instructions. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. Dang. It was a lot of fun. I lived in a, in a tiny building. Mm-hmm. in Ikebukuro, which is kind of north Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And I was working in Shibuya at the time for the hotel. And this tiny building I lived in was um, six floors. Mm-hmm. And per floor, there were like two bedrooms. Sure. But it had five people per room. So there was like <laughs> 60 people living in a tiny building. It was a share house. So I shared a room with like four other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't speak to them. I spoke to everyone else. I had I I had my own friends in the share house. They all were on different floors, Uh but I didn't speak to my (laughs) uh, roommates at all because we did really just didn't get along. Um, We there there were language barriers, Uh but even um, just like disagreements transcend language barriers. So you could pick up on like badly. You're like, oh, we're just not gonna get more along. (laughs) There was one guy who would like at the crack of dawn, which was usually around four thirty in the morning. Oh would my. just whip the windows open oh my. and I was the closest to the window yeah. and I was like why are you doing this now I'm awake and yeah. especially on weekends where I've been out having a good night with friends I probably uh-huh. didn't roll in into close to like 1.30 in the morning Yeah, and so my, my sleeping hours were really poor there 
Mm-hmm. Um, I developed some bad habits, but yeah. otherwise, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good. Okay. Sorry, I've yeah. spoken a lot about this. No, no, no. And As I said, it's all it's all very interesting, and I'm I'm like super glad you're telling me all about this because I literally didn't know anything about like your trip. I guess. Oh. I, as I said before, I knew that you went to Japan. I actually did know that you met Darius there, but mm-hmm. that was about as far as I knew about uh, yeah. what you'd done in Japan. Um, Thank you for you know, taking interest in it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it. Looking back was a lot of fun. I actually uh-huh. was on a call with one of my friends that I met there uh, mm-hmm. earlier today, and we were kind of, you know, having a nostalgia moment. I think mostly 2020 did that to us. Where we were like, oh my gosh, I miss it so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. I mean, you've been, but I would, yeah. I would, you know, if you ever take an interest in maybe learning language, I would, <laughs> I would push you to, you know, go yeah. and get uh, immersed, or you yeah. know, if you, if there's any other place you ever want to travel to, to mm-hmm. do the same, and yeah. yeah, go as far to try and uh, acquire a visa. Getting a visa as a Canadian for most countries is mm-hmm. relatively simple. Yeah, and we, uh, if you're a Canadian and you have, you know, that you're Canadian, um, listening to this, uh, we have that. Uh, that benefit that um, it doesn't take too much for you to get a working holiday visa or something mm-hmm. like that. When it comes to working visas, it's a little bit more complicated. It's not the hardest thing. Um, yeah. A lot of people actually have a lot of trouble getting a Canadian or a visa to Canada mm-hmm. um, or from other countries. Uh, so I would definitely urge you to, you know, um, investigate into uh, you not just you, Marcus, but to yeah, everyone yeah. <laughs> to to, uh, to investigate, uh, you know, um, looking into getting a visa to a country they think they want to explore for a couple months or something like yeah. that, if not a, a year or two years. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's very rewarding. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Uh, I think we're pretty lucky to just be able to travel in general, I think, here. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, uh, did you say you were planning to go to Japan this summer? Because... Uh, that was actually my care, plan right? Right at first. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was actually going to travel to asia for like two three months mm-hmm. and then COVID happened but i was gonna yeah. spend like uh you know how the tokyo 2020 olympics are there mm-hmm. and then i had uh, at my last co-op i was working in edmonton and i uh there was a like international student from japan who i started playing volleyball with right. and like we just became friends and then he'd like teach me some japanese and it was just like a good way for me to just i guess for him he him and his girlfriend didn't really know much english so right. it's just a way for me to communicate with them and like if they're taking the effort to learn english like i should take the effort to learn some japanese oh absolutely and, yeah um, i just felt like that was the best way so yeah uh i hit them up like a while back and because they went back to japan and i was like oh like if i come to japan like uh can i stay over for a bit and they're like yeah just come for like a oh, whole month nice. or something and i was like what like a whole month and they're like yeah it's it's whatever i was like dude i've i was so i was so excited but um unfortunately covid happened so there were yeah. some issues technical <laughs> yeah. difficulties with yeah, the world a little bit. <laughs> yeah um, as far as I know right now, Japan is still uh, inaccessible to uh, mm-hmm. most nations. I think that there's a select few. I think it's Australia, New Zealand, Vietnam, yeah. and a couple other. I think Korea mm-hmm. as well are finally allowed to go back into Japan. But right yeah. now, Japan has this massive blacklist of mm-hmm. uh, of countries that aren't uh, people who aren't allowed to enter Japan. Canada yeah. included. And yeah. whose fault is that? All of ours. <laughs> um, I actually had I I kind of saw it in the beginning. I thought that the pushing of the 2020 Olympics to 2021 was a blessing, because mm-hmm. I had the sheer audacity to think that this pandemic would end quite quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I was like, oh, you know, it'll go until like maybe December. 
Yeah. I thought when, <laughs> around March, I thought maybe maybe like late year, November, maybe yeah. it'll be better by then. It's Same. not. If you're listening yeah. to this, it's not. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you, you haven't looked outside. It's not It's not better yet. Uh, but, you know, there is the vaccines are now out. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thought at the pro- uh, beginning, and I, I, I'm not going to do this because um, there's just no time. And yeah, it would be sure. dangerous. <laughs> and who even knows if you're allowed in the country. But my thought, my, my, my dream before it, was said, wow, you know, the 2021 Olympics are happening now. If uh-huh. the pandemic um, settles, you know, and it becomes safer to travel again, mm-hmm. I'll have an opportunity to go to Japan in early 2021 yep. um, and look for a position where they're going to be hiring because oh. they're going to have an influx, right? Like, right exactly. They're going to need people who yeah. speak English and Japanese. Mm-hmm. Oh, smart. Uh, those those were the the goals, and I I'm afraid to say that those are probably not going to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I believe the 2021 Olympics are going to happen. I have uh-huh. no idea how they're going to happen. Yeah. I imagine Japan is going to open the country again in the summer, but I think they're going to have major restrictions, mm-hmm. huge restrictions. Um, on terms of what you can do there. So mm-hmm. if you have your tickets to the 2021 Olympics, um, just know that there's probably going to be a lot that you can't do. Yeah. Um, I think that if I'm going to go back to Japan again, it will probably be after that, mm-hmm. which sucks yeah. because it's like, it's one of those things I'm like, it's so far it's so, away. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so far out of my reach right now. Uh-huh. And I just want to live my life. I want to be able yeah. to continue to do that. But um, patience is key when there's a deadly virus. Yeah, so for sure. I, it's I just mean. one of those things, and I think that's relatable. Everyone wants to be able to go off and do everything they want to do. I, you know, it was a tough year for me, um, mm-hmm. just because I, you know, graduating last year yeah. at the beginning of the year, I had put expecting, off so much like, time. Yeah, yeah, expecting that I would be right, like, right, right out the mm-hmm. door, living my life, going and doing exactly. my own thing, was yeah. put on hold. And mm-hmm. so many people can agree that they were, you know, in similar situations where they just wanted to go off and do their own thing, where they mm-hmm. had. Um, you know, uh, prearranged uh, engagements. Mm-hmm. They had like job opportunities, things like that, yeah. um, that weren't going to happen anymore. That didn't that didn't work out because of mm-hmm. this. Um, but it's yeah, it's important to remember that it's uh, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be that opportunity again. Yeah, just gotta just gotta keep smiling somehow. I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point where or I, I think uh, everyone's struggled this year uh, with plans being canceled, just things being on hold, but mm-hmm. I guess if you think about it, like, big term, this is, like, we have so many lives, or not so many lives to live, what am I saying? So many years left to live. I ideally. hope you're right. I hope there are more <laughs> so, after this one. <laughs> true. So I guess, like, just this short term is, like, when we really think about it, it's just a pause, not necessarily, like, a full stop, so... What were your, if you could be anywhere right now, if you could be doing anything in the world currently and there wasn't a pandemic or your plans hadn't been put on hold, where would you find yourself right now? Uh, well, actually, right now, I'd still be on co-op because okay, that's what yeah, school fair. told me fair. to do. You'd still be on co-op. But last summer, yeah, I definitely would have been in Asia. <laughs> 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it didn't work out. I hope it, I yeah. hope it does work out. I want you to know that uh, when I get myself situated overseas, if you were planning uh-huh. to come over, uh, oh. and you're jumping from house to house, you can absolutely yeah. couch surf uh, at mine. Hell yeah. Um, I, I want you to know couch surf <laughs> is a term that we're going to use with quotations around them because uh-huh. I don't plan to own a sofa. 
Okay. Yeah. I'll probably I work well in uh, when I mentioned compartmentalization before. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's just something that I re- that really speaks to me. Uh-huh. Um, I work well in really small spaces for some oh, yeah, reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm a tall guy, but I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, this is good. And I think it's because I know it can't get any more out of hand now. Like, okay. like, like there's no room for, there's not too much room for chaos. Yeah, yeah. So if you come over, I'll have a futon, but that's yeah. There will be a washroom probably. Yeah. I can't, I can't say yet, but we'll figure it you know, out. I mean, I just need a hole in the back or something. So <laughs> it'll, it'll yeah. work itself out. Yeah. yeah. I'll make sure that it's, you know, it's in a neighborhood where that's acceptable. Like, <laughs> it works for me and you. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere in Asia in particular, like in, in the country, any region or anything like that you want to go to in any country? Um, so wait, sorry. Uh, I guess starting with Japan. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So mm-hmm. starting with Japan, my original plan was my friends are from Niigata. Uh, which is like oh, and you got to it's know, kind like, of central, yeah, or uh, not central. Sorry, so that's it's north. Like, it's like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a prefecture yeah. that's quite long. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Nor- yeah, it's north countryside. Um, actually, yeah. Have you lived? Have you visited the countryside or not? Really, I have been. I'm sorry, I peaked the mic a little bit there. I oh. uh, <laughs> I have been to the Kansai. Um, okay. So I've been to uh, uh, what prefectures have I been to? I've been to Nara, Kyoto, Ooh. Osaka. I've been mm-hmm. through. I think it's called. Uh, Okoyama. It's a little bit south yep. of Osaka, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, oh, that's not that's. I don't think that is Okoyama. It's it's something else. I used to know the names. I'm okay. I'm sounding okay. Sure, sure, sure. Anyways, <laughs> I've been in that kind of area. It's kind of a, a central area. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I I've been through Kobe, but I've never been to Kobe. If that makes okay. sense, like yeah, I've kind yeah, of yeah. been I've kind of been past it, mm-hmm. um, but I've never had the chance to experience it. But it's really really mm-hmm. nice. I I uh, a lot of people argue that the people in the countryside are a lot nicer than the people in, this, in Tokyo. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the food's tastier, and I think that's part of it. I think uh-huh. because the food's tastier, you're more inclined to believe that people are nicer to you. Yeah, like, wow, this, this is so good. Anything yeah. you say to me right now, I'm just gonna let it slide. Yeah, um, but I, I do think that there's a level of courtesy that yeah. goes um, or deservingly noticed there. Like people mm-hmm. are a bit more attentive. They're like, wow, people are really really kind here. Oh, yeah. uh, but that is the extent. I've only been to the Kansai. I've been to areas around Tokyo, North Tokyo, Saitama, and. Uh, uh, Kanagawa, okay. but otherwise I've never Dang. been to more of the country. Yeah, sure, I wish. Because yeah, yeah that, that was one of my plans. Because uh, when I went, I spent I think th- four days in Osaka, and then like nine days in Tokyo, and like a day trip to Kyoto. And for me, I just loved Kyoto. Kyoto was just incredible. Yeah. And but unfortunately, like <laughs> I, we barely spent any time there, and that was for me like one of the places I wanted to visit like the most. I think just there's mm. just so much culture there, and just yeah, um, it's just so peaceful. So uh, I wanted to also experience like the countryside because I feel like each town kind of has its own little culture to itself, and just like I don't know, it just sounded really chill. I think like Tokyo, I'll, like don't get me wrong, Tokyo is like still super different but still it's, it's good, just very yeah. city like and mm-hmm. just growing up in the city there's at least some levels of similarity i feel like just throwing me into the country would be just so different that it would be pretty refreshing and that's what's unique about each each city and town in a prefecture it, they're not it, they're not similar or they oh, mm-hmm. sorry they're, yeah. they're similar but they're not necessarily the same they have yeah. their own different quirks and charms yeah. to them which are really really nice their and that's one flavors. of the things I, I exactly their own flavors whether it's chocolate vanilla or strawberry <laughs> uh or in this case matcha or sesame yeah <laughs> um but uh 
I, I, I agree. Co- uh, Kokyo. <laughs> Tokyo is a concrete jungle. And as much as I love it, uh, the one thing I love about Tokyo is that there is different flavors to it, but it's like station based. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that it's that escape from the city that's so good. And mm-hmm. I really liked Kyoto a lot because Kyoto for me was it just spoke to the history geek in me. There's mm-hmm. so much history there, right? So much yeah. culture. The one thing I loathe about Kyoto yeah. was that I so the times I've been to Kyoto are the summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many tourists oh it's so and yeah. you have to you expect it and you're a tourist yourself right yeah but it's it's like being a weep so me being like like uh, you know what i am yeah. what i am but it's uh-huh. like seeing another weep and be like i hate that weep like you just like you, <laughs> right it's being a tw- it, it, it just it speaks to itself in the same situation and um, yeah <laughs> because you want to be able to experience japan for what it is right uh-huh, uh-huh. but when you go to that and there's just such a big level of tourism mm-hmm. um it's like, like not that. the real experience you oh, feel it's, like it's right? like a museum right it's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. real thing it doesn't mm-hmm. feel natural at all and i think the reason why it was it 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 never caught me off guard in tokyo is because there's so many people in tokyo that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you don't you don't care about like tourism or anything like that because there's just so many people going by there's nothing to just like distract you and so when you're in Kyoto and there's so much history and architecture and, and brilliance to the culture there, you're like, I want to see this. I don't want to see all these people walking around with baseball caps, sunglasses, taking photos. Mm-hmm. It really steals from that kind of experience. Um, again, as much as I say that, I think that Kyoto has so much to give in terms of being a tourist attraction. And I they need it as well because I think their primary um, source of income is in tourism. I'm yeah. pretty sh- sure it is. And the 2020 was a disastrous year for them, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I heard recently that in Japan, because of the situation, because of the country being closed, um, currently right now, train tickets and hotel prices are halved. Oh. <laughs> and each prefecture is actually okay maybe i'm wrong i have to yeah. myself. I'm, I'm gonna say it anyways uh, sure, yeah. hp fixture is handing out the equivalent of about 200 dollars american or so Ooh, for you to sure. use but you have to use it within that prefecture and that's how they're mm-hmm. trying to stimulate the, the economy again okay, they yeah. want people to travel to each prefecture and use the money they give to put it back in mm-hmm. um i watched a youtube video of how a bunch of guys a couple of guys went into one on their travels mm-hmm. they were given this money and they just cycled it back into the economy via a convenience store they put mm-hmm. all 200 dollars worth into a convenience store <laughs> and bought just like chips and stuff and yeah. you know do whatever you want with it but i mm-hmm. i i i am i would say uh more than uh, a bit envious that i didn't have the opportunity to you know conveniently travel and have that yeah. accessibility right now For sure. especially at such a time Mm-hmm. because damn yeah it's <laughs> it's it's busy and it can get expensive too right yeah no i agree um so actually yeah uh we just passed the one hour mark i believe um so uh, we're just gonna start wrapping things up but uh the last uh mm. one of the last things that we do on this podcast is um we talk about like three life lessons so uh as i mentioned at the beginning the right. title is called life lessons and the whole thought of it is that um each person has their own journey through life right like uh and most of the time we're not aware of the journeys that uh the other people around us travel for example i just didn't know i feel like i knew very little about your experiences and stuff but uh on each of these journeys i think you uh, start to change your views and you learn different lessons so um for you like what are 
three life lessons that you've learned on your journey so far? Um, damn, I, you know what? I wish I had known these at the beginning of the test um, or <laughs> yeah. before the test. Uh, one that comes right off the top of my head is that uh, a lot of people say, take the, you know, take the, the good and the bad together. I would <laughs> say, take the bad with the good have that positive outlook and yeah. be, pre- be prepared for inconveniences in life, but don't let that ever stop you. Okay. Um, I've definitely kept myself in that mindset where I've become stagnant mm-hmm. um, and felt like I couldn't do anything, but uh, that only slows you down and mm-hmm. your potential. So keep going forward, keep smiling, chin yeah. up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess another one would be, uh, be prepared for it. And this is kind of just like a cop out on the last one, I guess, <laughs> but be prepared for anything. Um, yeah. life has a lot of stuff, uh, that is going to happen in it that maybe you don't expect. Uh, they could be good surprises, bad surprises, but in the end, they're still surprises and you might mm-hmm. not be prepared for them. Be ready to adapt, be as flexible as you can, uh, and welcome opportunity with open arms. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would say 99% of the time, it's going to be a good one. Uh, (laughs) and you're going to react well hopefully you will react well to it you can't be prepared for anything so exactly you can't be prepared for everything so you just (laughs) have to be able to juggle it in the time that you have when it comes at you Um, and the third lesson I would say um, would be um, I I feel like these all come as one package together hey that's fine um, if it's what you feel (laughs) if if it's what you've learned just have it home, dude. <laughs> uh, I would say that you should never be afraid to say no, <laughs> but um, be more open to saying yes. Okay. Um, in situations where, especially you're traveling, you're learning, um, or even at home, right? Uh, if you feel <laughs> like uncomfortable, um, don't be afraid to speak out and take a stand for yourself. You are who you are, and never be able, uh, never, never bend or. Um, change yourself for someone else or because someone else perceives you in some way mm-hmm. uh so you can say no but um never be too afraid to say yes either because if you keep yourself in that box you're never going to open yourself up to uh a different setting i think i can't remember who said it but it always stuck with me and i feel like i'm just going to copy paste it here credit to them though <laughs> uh and it's that you, there's two types of people when it comes to that um there's spectators and then there's fighters in the arena mm-hmm. uh fighters are going to get knocked down all the time but you got to be able to get back up and you got to stay in the action. Otherwise you're going to be someone who just watches it from afar mm-hmm. and you'll never get that same thrill in life. So mm-hmm. dang, <laughs> I feel like you always have some cool sayings or stuff it's, like that. <laughs> I'm re- I have, it's all written on my hand right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, uh, so anyways, yeah. But uh, um, thank you so much for, yeah. uh, for having me here. Wow. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> you say, Time you say, yeah, I mean, it, it really did. But, you know, time flies by when you're just having so much fun and you've been such a, a great host as well. Thank you. No, as I said, no, just uh, thanks for being on here. And I I feel like we just talked about Japan all the time. So and there was so much we that did. I, yeah, but I mean, there was so much that I learned about it. It goes so, back to the I'm glad I'm glad. And I hope yeah. you I hope everyone was interested. It goes back <laughs> to what I was saying before. And I'm going to it's it's one of those things. This is one of these life lessons that I need to learn is that, you know, you, you shouldn't regret things too much. Yeah. And after this podcast, I can tell you right now, I'm going to go. Oh, we talked about Japan so much. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, no, it's, all it's that means. 
Yeah, all that means is I just gotta have you back on the podcast sometime oh. uh, in the future. I would love we to talk about other stuff. Maybe would... once you're back in Japan. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I'm in Japan, then I yeah. will stop talking about Japan. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, I'll talk about Canada instead. Yeah, yeah. But um, actually, so very last thing is um, on each podcast, I give away what I call a friend award. Um, so basically, I think that uh, people should surround themselves with other people who enhance their life and help you grow. And I feel like uh, you help me grow in a bunch of different ways. So I, I just wanted to say that I appreciate your general attitude towards people. Uh, as I mentioned before, I remember when I first started out at work, you were always extremely helpful and just made me feel super comfortable and basically just made my time there a lot more enjoyable. Um, I also admire the way that you can carry these conversations, like uh, just talking to you as I said, like, this time flew by so fast. Um, and you're just always full of energy, full of stories, uh, just things to talk about. Uh, as you mentioned yourself, like, you're an extrovert, and I am too, and I can always just feel that yeah. energy radiating from you. Like, uh, just talking to you, I can feel that energy. So, um, yeah, uh, just all that. I just thought I'd let you know that. Um, well, thank, yeah, thank you. I just appreciate you, dude. <laughs> hey, I, you, you really know how to bring on the emotions, right? So, yeah. <laughs> in, in a good way, in a really good way. That means yeah. that means a lot, man. And uh, yeah, man. thank you. Well, I don't know what to say. You, 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 you just took my you took my breath away right there. So, <laughs> sure. I, I really appreciate all of this. I and uh, again, I really appreciate having the opportunity to be here to talk with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I look forward to the future, and I look forward to um, you know future endeavors and future conversations. Sure. Uh, is there anything before we say goodbye, anything that you want to plug any social medias, if people want to follow you or any big projects coming up? Is this a don't do drugs kind of, okay. (laughs) It's like, don't do drugs, kids go to Japan. Um, I, uh, I, I do stream. Thank you for bringing Mm -hmm. that up. I was honestly, you know, I did mention that before we started, but I didn't want to say it. I was like, you know what? This is a high note. We don't need to plug. Um, but you know, now that you've given me this template, I might as well. (laughs) Um, it, I, I, I happen to stream on Twitch. Uh, I just do video games. I want to get into uh, a style where I can use Japanese a bit more in streaming, um, whether or not it's like studying, but I think for now I'm probably just staying with video games and just like mm-hmm. friendly commentaries or like gameplay with friends. Um, yeah, if you want to check out that, um, I would uh, welcome you with open arms. Uh, please come. Um, my uh, handle is Modern Insomnia on Twitch, and it is the same on Twitter, uh, Modern Insomnia. That is modern as in contemporary, insomnia as in uh, can't sleep. Yeah. So, but uh, awesome. yeah, thank you. And uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah, awesome. So uh, thanks again for coming on this podcast. Um, and to the rest of you guys who are listening, uh, stay safe, and then I'll see you on the next episode.